I'm Ashley. And I'm Jasmine. And you're tuned in to Ham Radio Stranger Things Podcast. It's a ham radio. The Cadillac of ham radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of Ham Radio as Stranger Things Podcast. We've got a great episode for you today as usual, but first, we have a little housekeeping to take care of, and I'm going to turn it over to Jasmine to let you know where you can find us on social media and where you can listen to the podcast. Thanks, Ashley. You can find us on Instagram at Ham Radio Media, all one word, on Twitter at Ham Throw, on YouTube at Ham Radio Media, or using our handle Ham Radio 1983. We also have a Discord you can join, which is linked in the description of this episode. If you have a fan theory or question you want to share, you can email us at hamradiomedia at gmail.com. Ashley also has a fanfic on AO3 entitled Stranger Things College, which is also linked in the description. The podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and much more. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review. We have a lot of totally tubular stuff coming up, so be sure to follow us on social media to keep up with the podcast and all of our new content. Hey everybody, it's Ashley and Jasmine here. Uh, We're going to be a little bit uh, low-key on this episode because it's an emergency podcast uh, because, uh, Jasmine, you want to tell the people why? Yes, because they say act of strike is finally over, which means the actors can go back to work. Yay! <laughs> and the words of the great Chief Jim Hopper, order has been restored. So... It's awesome. So, uh, things that you know might be a little bit different here because we are definitely unscripted. Uh, we have no show notes uh, for this episode. Uh, Jazz and I basically just, you know, chatted in the WhatsApp about uh, talking about uh, the strike being over and kind of what that means for uh, filming for Stranger Things season five. And then we've got some other, you know, fun stuff. You know, we'll kind of talk about. Um, so I think the best way to do it is. Uh, Jasmine is to begin talking about the actor strike officially being over. Yeah, for sure. So we got the official announcement. Um, what, yeah, about twenty-one hours ago, as of this recording, um, and the negotiating committee um, unanimously uh, approved a tentative agreement. The AM. PTP, um, which is awesome. Um, they're gonna be doing some celebrations around the country, which they very much uh, deserve. So the contract is valued at over $1 billion. Um, and so they achieved a lot of uh, things that they were that were really important. So stuff like minimum competition increases, uh, provisions for consent and compensation uh, that will protect members from the threat of AI. Um, because if some of you will remember, uh, one of the things that studios were, you know, saying they were going to do was, you know, basically use AI to carbon copy actors and, you know, use them use that instead of background actors like rather than using actual people they would use like um, ai generated 
uh, creations or, you know, they were saying, okay, well, you're going to be able to select these actors and, you know, pick these things and it's going to, you know, auto-generate a, a show or a movie for you. And a lot of fans were, you know, were talking about was, well, we don't want that. We want actual acting. We want real art. We want things that people put, you know, love and, you know, time into. We don't want to just be able to auto-build uh, a show, you know, um, so they got, you know, key protections, um, you know, for that. Uh, and for the first time, this uh, contract establishes a streaming participation bonus because as some of you will remember, big thing is streaming, shows go to streaming because that wasn't in the original contracts because streaming wasn't a thing up until a few years ago. People don't get any residuals. They don't even know something's gone on a platform. Um, so, you know, protections against that and to include that. Also stuff about pensions um, and healthcare um, as well. Um, so big things around compensation um, and protecting diverse communities, which are all really awesome things that, um, you know, they were really fighting for. Um, so yeah, we're gonna get the, you know, the full details in the coming days and we will be linking uh, to that on our socials when we get it. And they thanked everybody for their uh, for their support, especially from the Writers Guild of America, which was up, which was on strike until recently. Um, so yeah, this is really, really good news uh, for everybody, especially for all of us Stranger Things fans, as they will finally be able to resume filming after, gosh, how, how many months has it been, Ashley? I, I, I was trying to count today. Well, um, from my understanding, they were actually supposed to begin filming season five in May, um, yeah, which is right. right around the time that the writer's strike happened. So they were off like between May and September until the, that one ended. But the actor's strike began like two months after the writer's strike did. It began in July. Uh, so it's right now they they've lost about six months give or take uh yeah for filming and i mean thank goodness that the the writer strike was able to come to an agreement um in nearly two months ago now otherwise it wouldn't probably wouldn't have even mattered right now that the actors were able to reach an agreement because they would you know further been further delayed because they would have to they would you know wouldn't have all the writing done now i don't know if they do have all the writing done i i would assume that because they're now doing previews and the um and the what do you call uh, what were they doing uh, last week the um what is it called um with the funko pops i forgot what they called it um oh like the shop blocking yeah the shop blocking Um, for the first two episodes i assume that either most of if not all of like the scripts are finished and now they'll have to revise them during filming they of course yeah as the the duffer brothers alluded to when the writer strike first happened like and even i'm learning now with doing oak bridge like i mean we haven't gotten into you know recording for that yet but um in my experience on murphy's inc like you still make revisions and changes during filming or recording or what have you and also you know jasmine as we found out during the doing the analysis of the script for chapter seven like that was revised like what five or six times so you know it's it's always a it's never really finished until like they get to post-production you know 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I would think that they must have all the scripts done by now because I know we got updates before the strikes happened that like, I didn't know they, I think they'd given the actors, I think the first two, like the first couple of scripts because they'd, you know, they were originally going to have to accommodate people's like school schedules and, yeah. you know, other filming projects and life events. Um, and of course, those things went ahead when everybody went on strike. Um, that was halted. So, I mean, since I had, I think, up to the first couple of scripts by the time they were about to begin filming, I assume, seeing as I've had six months when none of them have been, um, well, I mean, when the writers were on strike, they, I mean, wouldn't have been, well, I actually don't know how that, how that would work. I guess they would not be working on the scripts while the, while the writer's guild was on strike, yeah. but in between there, they would have been working on it. So I assume... I mean, we don't also don't know how many episodes there are going to be, right? So I would presume they must have at least half of the scripts done by now, if not all of them. I would, I would assume so. And, and yeah. I know that because of what they did for season four, the way they, during COVID, wrote all of the scripts um, before they started filming. Uh, I believe, I, if I remember correctly, they, uh, the Duffers said that they were going to be doing a similar process for season five because they found that it just worked a lot better doing it that way um so they didn't have to you know take time off to finish the writing it was all done all they had to do was just go and film um so uh yeah but it's it's really it's really exciting now now you know you may be asking well i mean what does this mean for filming well unfortunately it doesn't mean that they went straight back to you know to the filming like this morning i mean the like the strike they just reached like a tentative agreement which basically means until all the the union members vote on it and the actual contract is signed you know that's when it becomes finalized which is what they did with the rider strike but uh sag did post on um, their instagram today uh, this morning that you know they're done picketing and all that so especially just the next couple of days getting everything finalized. But, and even if that weren't the case, you know, um, like they had to do a table read and then they have to, you know, do get hair and makeup and, and fittings and all that. It's, it's a process. It, you don't just go into things. And uh, I believe that they are still working on set building um, and all that good stuff. So uh, like, I heard that it would be like when the next uh, couple weeks, um, but of course, um, whenever we get something official, official, as in from Netflix or Stranger Things account or Raw Stuff or whoever, if it's official with a blue check mark on it, we'll uh, of course let keep you guys updated um, and informed of all the the filming updates. But um, as uh, the Stranger Universe loves to say. All in all, exciting times. Wouldn't you agree, Jasmine? I would agree. And I'm also interested to see, you know, I assume the actors everybody will be posting over the next few weeks as stuff resumes, how that, you know, how they kind of, you know, um, plan the filming out. Because, I mean, like I mentioned before, you know, when they were originally going to be doing this in the spring, like, for example, Noah Schnapp, you know, talked about how that was going to have to work around his school schedule, right? So they were going to be filming things in a certain order, to allow for, you know, for people's schedules. Well, it's, it's November, folks. <laughs> so if things start up in the next few, like within the next few weeks, we're probably looking at, 
you know, end of November, early December. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they kind of, um, you know, how the kind of the planning goes for that. Because, I mean, of course, the actors yeah. couldn't work, but of course they have other things in their their lives. You know what I mean? They have school, they have businesses, they have other things that they're involved in that they've been doing. So they kind of got to, you know, either halt that if they can or finish that off. So they got to film stuff with these actors because these actors aren't available right now. And then for like going into the next year, right, they have to make adjustments like for schooling, you know, that has to be done online, which of course we can now do. But you mean like that's, you know, they were not, they'd all prepped for this last spring and now it's been pushed off. We are now this fall. So I'll be interested to see kind of how that, how they do that. Um, I don't know if we'll get updates. I, I kind of assume we will just because, I mean, the actors haven't been able to really say anything since the spring. <laughs> so I would assume they would be, you know, kind of sharing what's going on just because they haven't, you know, when you haven't been able to do yeah. something for so long, yeah. you know, we all feel that sense of, oh, I want to share. I mean, I know all of yeah. us coming out of COVID wanted to share everything because we could do nothing for like three years. So. <laughs> Well, apparently today, you know, Schnapp posted on um, his Instagram, you know, the shot of what they released on Stranger Things Day of um, episode, the script for episode one. And he was like, guess who? And of course, the internet, you know, went crazy. And normally, you know, I think that Noah Schnapp would do well to maybe not um, go out of his way to do that all the time. I think it's a very, a very bad look for him. Um, but this one, I'm going to give him a bit of benefit of the doubt here because, I mean, come on, if you've followed Stranger Things long enough, like, I think it's pretty obvious who, what this scene is, who this scene is referring to, what song it's referring to, you know, and from when it's referring to. I mean, it's, I'm not going to, you know, jump on his case about that because, again, it, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, we shared this on the live that we did, uh, which will be coming out as a as a uh, podcast episode. And you, if you missed our live for Stranger Things Day, it is, uh, there's a recording of it available on our YouTube channel. So feel free to go and check that out. We have a lot of cool people with us. Um, but we talked about, you know, um, what it could mean. And, you know, my, my theory, and I think a lot of people's is, you know, okay, it's, it's Will having a, a flashback or you know, it, it's either a flashback from Will or it's, you know, a nightmare or something, someone calling back to season one. Um, my other thought that I had today was that maybe, you know how in the start of season four, like they did the throwback to um, like earlier on in the 70s with the lab when we saw Brenner and everything getting ready for his day and there's the kid on the bike, like the cold open for season four. I, I had a thought that it could be something kind of like that where it's like a, like a flashback that's kind of like a cold open, maybe going back to the Creels. Like it could be Alice singing or it could yeah. be yeah. like something kind of of that uh, kind of persuasion. That was my other thought. Um, so, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it definitely, I think it being Will definitely makes sense. It could also be Alice Creel. It could also be something like that. And, and too, I have seen the theory floated around that maybe it could be Henry when he was a child and and singing uh, Dreaming a Little Dream of Me, um, uh, <clears throat> which is, I think, a very interesting theory. But right now I'm leaning more towards Will and the Upside Down 
singing should I say or should I go to comfort him like that scene um from season one but you know we'll see um I personally am you know really looking forward to whatever it is um I I really am hoping that um you know we do get more context and insight into Will's time in the upside down because you know it's been like four seasons and they have yet to address that and not really sure why, other than they just couldn't, they didn't feel like they could find a place for that, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it won't be long, much longer now, um, which I think, um, I'm really looking forward to, but, you know, it's really crazy, Jasmine, that, like, just three nights ago, around the same time, we were doing the live show, going through Stranger Things, and, you know, I think everybody in the live, not that, you know, just outwardly said this, but I feel like everyone, uh, even though we all had a good time, uh, probably in the back of everyone's moms was just like, I mean, is this like, wow, that's all they're going to give us? Um, and uh, just, you know, I wish that this could have been resolved then and we could have more to discuss uh, on that front. But um, again, uh, we're really excited about uh, filming being kicked off. And like Jasmine said, we will uh, keep you updated on um, uh, when filming for season five officially commences. And we will also be sharing um, the details of um, the SAG uh, strike uh, deal agreement as they come available from their official accounts. Uh, but now uh, we're just, I think we're just going to like freestyle it. Um, I think we're just going to talk about kind of whatever um, comes to mind. Um, but, you know, I don't know, like uh, I've been re-watching Stranger Things lately. And uh, <clears throat> I just, you know, it occurred to me like I have, you know, some tendencies when I watch this show. Uh, so Jasmine, do you have like any um, quirks or tendencies or idiosyncrasies when you're watching Stranger Things? I guess that depends what you mean. Like, what what do you do? Well, um, I have a tendency to, on the episodes that I know are written and directed by the Duffer Brothers, I have a tendency to pay closer attention to the little details and in the dialogues and what's happening and, and um, you know, the sets pieces and everything and the direction and stuff, even the music choices. Um, I just have a tendency to, to be more um, engaged, I guess you'd say, uh, or more invested in uh, the episodes that they write and direct versus the others. Now it doesn't mean that I don't like the others and that they're, you know, poo poo, because they're not, but for me, whenever I watch the episodes that the Duffer Brothers write and direct, that's what I have a tendency to do. Yeah, I can see that. I think that makes sense. Um, I wouldn't say I focus, you know, kind of, you know, pay attention based on direction. I think more it's kind of, you know, especially earlier seasons, you know, particular characters or stuff about, you know, uh, the upside down that I feel like I tend to play, pay closer attention to, or if I notice like a pattern, you know what I mean? To kind of start following it. 
just because, you know, like over time you, you, you develop, you know, which are your favorite characters or, you know, something I think season, I think post season four, there's definitely things I'll pick up on in terms of what the characters are saying or doing or what they're not saying or doing or like patterns or, um, you know, like I've said this before, but, you know, um, kind of, you know, where we're being led in terms of what, you know, the direction or what the camera is focusing on. I think I noticed that, like I'll often like pause and, you know, rewind um, for that kind of thing, because um, I think postseason four just made me aware of like, oh, like, you know, this is kind of, this is intentional, you know, we're being, we're being led in a certain way, but that could be a misdirection, you know, what are we missing here? Kind of, you know, following the mystery of, you know, what could be, what could we, what could we be seeing in season five? So I, I would say I tend to focus not so much like who directed which episode, but more on if I pick up on a pattern or, you know, the way we're being directed, you know, camera wise or direction, I'll tend to kind of like focus on, on that more so than I think I would have prior to season four. Um, yeah. So that's what I tend to kind of focus on when I'm rewatching. I think the reason that I do that is because like in, in uh, subconsciously, I know that even though they have a writer writer's room and, and showrunners and, and more, it's more than just the Duffer brothers that are involved in this. It's like, I just, I know that, you know, this is their story and they know it better than anybody else. And they know exactly how they, you know, want it to go. And, and they know exactly how they want uh, the series uh, as a whole to end. I guess that's why I'm, I tend to do that, focus more on that. Um, but yeah, that's just, uh, I think that's probably my, my biggest quirk. Yep, I can see that. Okay, I got a question for you. What was your favorite part of Stranger Things Day this year? Hmm. Well, um, well, I mean, I think the obvious one would be the the script tease, only because, like, I don't think anyone expected us to be getting that because the it was like the timing of it was like, like they just realized, wow, this was a little lame this year. Maybe we should do that to spruce things up. Um, but I would say that the, other than that, um, I really love the miniatures, like those miniatures that they had made. Me too. That was my favorite were, part. I think that was like the best, one of the best things. I'm like, now I want to buy one, you know, I wonder how much they cost. Um, I started following the guy that they got to do the miniatures and mm -hmm. he's got a bunch for like Back to the Future. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And a bunch of other like um you know big kind of like 80s movies and stuff um that are like really really cool so if you're into miniatures definitely like they tagged him in the stuff so like definitely um follow him he's pretty cool but I I really love miniatures so I was this is a story but I was in uh Victoria BC years ago for a conference and they have a miniatures museum there and so it's really cool. You get to like walk around the aisles and see different miniatures that people have made about different things. Um, and it was honestly like one of the big highlights of my trip, like that and the scenery because Victoria is beautiful. Um, but just if you're ever in Victoria, BC, they have a really cool miniatures museum. And um, so I really, really love miniatures. I don't have the patience to make them, <laughs> but 
I've always really loved uh, looking at them. And whenever I'm at like the Michaels or something, I always go and look at the, you know, the little like sets of things that you can buy for miniatures and little themed ones. So I've always just found that like really cool and fascinating to look at. So I thought that was kind of neat. Like I, I, I appreciate that like every time they do like a Stranger Things Day um, or like a, you know, different, different round of like promo, they seem to be picking different artists in addition to the artists they already have to create new stuff, which I think is really cool. Like new posters, new miniatures, new pieces of art, um, which I think is really awesome. Like it gives creators that otherwise wouldn't have that platform, like a wider audience and it shows like different styles. Um, so I, I just think that's a really cool way of like uplifting, you know, independent artists and stuff. Um, so like, I, I've always really enjoyed that part of Stranger Things Day. Yeah, me too. I think it's great that they, uh, that they do that. Um, I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, it's just now hit me that, um, the reason that the miniatures and stuff were like, were made and such a big deal is because of the one that Eleven made <laughs> in season four of Hopper's Cabin. Like, it's just now hit me, um, that it just, I don't know why it didn't before, um, but it's it's just like three days later, I'm just now realizing that's why. Yeah. Shout out to Eleven and her miniature. <laughs> and Mr. Fibley. And Mr. Fibley. The squirrel. <laughs> the squirrel. Shout out to Mr. Fibley, the squirrel. Um, the other thing I have to say is I'm when they were doing like the live tweet for episode one, the <laughs> the line Hopper has about <laughs> Mrs. Gillespie and the owl. <laughs> At the police yeah. station, that yeah. one that one made me laugh the first time. That one gets me every single time. Like I just love that line so much. Yeah, and I think it's <laughs> the way he uh, delivers it too. He's just like staring at her, like you know, are you for real? I mean, like, isn't it obvious? Like that stuff doesn't happen here. I mean, this the only thing that happens here are owls attack ladies' heads. You know, I mean. <laughs> And like, I feel like it seems to be implied that like she's still got like a beehive or something going on. Yeah, like, yeah. Because like this is the the eighties by this point, so like she's kept the old hairstyle, and so her like an owl thought it was a nest. <laughs> <laughs> and then like just that just is also the juxtaposition because like. Joyce is convinced Will is missing and something horrible has happened. And Hopper's like, come on, he's probably just playing hooky or at his dad's. Because, I mean, he's true. Like, you know, he says nine times out of ten, you know, a kid is with, a you know, a friend or a family member, right? Which is true. Like, that's a true thing. Most kids, it's a misunderstanding. You know, like, in most cases, stranger abductions are actually pretty rare. Um, but Joyce is also right that, like, that's not who Will is. You know what I mean? So I, I think that just the juxtaposition of how serious this is and Hopper being like, nothing bad happens here, Joyce. It's just, it just gets me every time. I love that line. Yeah, me too. So I got, uh, you know, another uh, question for you. So are there any questions that, that you've had over the course of watching Stranger Things that um, you either wish were answered or that you hope will be answered next season? Yeah, for sure. I feel like season four in particular left us with more questions than answers. I think up to season four, I think my big stuff was, you know, are we going to see Kali again? Are we going to see Terry again? 
you know, um, they said there was stuff they tried to fit into season two that they couldn't. What were those things? We now learn that that stuff's been pushed to season five. So I really want to know what's what's going on with that. Um, you know, I I think one of my big things is, you know, like, what's the deal with Will? You know, like, like you've, you've said, you know, we don't really get to see what really happened to him in the Upside Down. I'd love to know more about that. Um, you know, four seasons in, he still has the psychic connection. He's still touching his neck. He can still feel Vecna slash the Mind Flayer slash the Demodog slash Demogorgon. Like he can feel them and they've never addressed or explained that. Um, so I, I definitely want to know what's going on with that. Um, coming out of season four, I just have, you know, so 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 many questions you know like what's really motivating henry slash fechna um what's really going on with jonathan like what's the impetus for what's going on with him like basic stuff like does does mike know that eddie's dead <laughs> like you know um yeah. uh, so i think i have i have a lot of questions i have questions about you know what how you know, and you brought up questions too about you know Elle's escape you know I think my my biggest overarching question is how what's happened to Will and Elle and their experiences and what happened to Henry how that all fits together you know like yeah. we're clearly missing what season four showed is we're clearly missing pieces there so the, I think that's the big kind of overarching question that Stranger Things really has to answer is okay like what what have we missed what have we not been shown here how does that fit in with the final um final battle or final you know kind of um uh, you know way they're going to kind of wrap this all up and defeat Vecna um you know are the parents ever going to find out what's really going on um are we ever going to meet Tina <laughs> you know yeah like, yeah these are the questions for me anyway what what are some of the questions for you yeah, so I mean, like I think chief among them is obviously was the upside down stuck in 1983. I mean, it's kind of like it was chicken with the egg type of scenario for me. I mean, is it does it have to do with eleven opening reopening the gate, uh, Henry doing something, uh, or with Will or a combination of all three? You know, uh, how did eleven recognized uh, Will in the science fair picture uh, from season one the upside down i mean like what is it you know why, why does it look like it does um you know it until like um i would love to know more about 11's mom and aunt becky um i just i felt like that was the way they did that uh, especially in season two was just so uh weird because like in season one, there's no implications whatsoever that um, Terry has powers, even though, you know, Becky tells us and Hopper and Joyce that she was um, involved in these experiments. And then, I mean, she's just, she's just there. I mean, she doesn't do anything. I mean, she's, you know, she's not doing the sunflower rainbow thing. She's just you're sitting there in that rocking chair. And then a season later, she's all of a sudden uh, has these abilities and um, 
Like, what's up with that? <laughs> I mean, I, I hope that, you know, that wasn't just so Eleven could find Kali and and do all that, which I've heard many say that, you know, the Duffers realized that doing all that with, with Eight and stuff was um, probably a bad idea, and that's why they've never gone back to that. And I kind of tend to agree. I think it was an experiment that, you know, went wrong. But yeah, I mean, I those are probably my biggest ones. Obviously, I have more, especially to do with Vecna and what all went on in that lab between the years of 1959 up till 1979. I think more than him as a child really shaped Henry to become Vecna. Um, like how did what happened in that lab during that time period that caused uh, Brenner to implant him with the Soteria chip? Because obviously something happened because he's the only number that has one or had one in his neck, you know. I mean, yeah, I just those are probably my uh, my chief questions. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I have a lot of those same questions, too. And I, I just feel like it mo- in every season, apart from season four, I feel like we were left with some questions or kind of lingering sense of, okay, we need to come back to this. But I feel like a lot of them were addressed by the time you got to the end of the season. But then you get to season four, and I think we were all expecting volume two to come out and be like, okay, we're going to get some answers here. And then we just didn't. Like, they just yeah. pushed that to season five. So I feel like there are a lot of questions. Um yeah. And about the whole, you know, Terry and Becky thing, I, I agree that, that they left that in a weird place because, you know, like, you know, when we see Elle leave, you know, at first, you know, Becky's saying, you know, you can stay here, this can be your home. But then, you know, she's on the phone to the police station saying, you know, she asking, you know, about Joyce and Hopper. And on the one hand, I get it. I mean, looking after Terry would be a lot of work. And they obviously don't have much and taking on like another child um, or another person would be a lot. Um, But, you know, rather than talking to Elle about that, you know, she just, she calls the police station and so Elle runs away and then Becky obviously feels bad about it. But like, we don't get a follow up on that. Like presumably Hopper, you know, would have had to have called her at some point to be like, hey, she's living with me, it's okay. But we, we don't really get to see that. And then, you know, when Hopper's presumed dead, Elle moves the virus to California. We don't get, I mean, presumably Joyce would have had to have contacted her and tell, to tell her where they were going. Um, but we don't get any mention or kind of, you know, kind of follow up on that. Um, and I, I hope we're going to get that in season five, even if all it is is just, you know, um, Joyce reaching out to let, you know, Becky know that that she's okay because, you know, she will have seen on the news that there was this massive, um, like, earthquake in Hawkins. Yeah. Um, and even though she knows <clears throat> her in California, it took place, like, at the end of spring break, right? So, you know, like, I think her being generally worried about, you know, is, is Elle okay? Um, so so I, I agree that they kind of left it on a weird note where like we don't really get a, a follow-up to that and you know with colleagues like I, i've seen other people point this out as well that 
you know, the way they introduced her kind of friends and cast of characters was really weird if they actually wanted to make that into a backdoor pilot or a spinoff. Because, like, the introduction between Elle and the rest <clears throat> of Kali's friends has, like, the one guy, like, threatening to kill her. <laughs> and, like, that's just... <clears throat> not the vibe of the rest of the show like I remember watching that you know with my friend the first time we watched it and being like okay we're supposed to be somehow identifying with these characters but usually threatened to kill like a what is she like 12 at that point like a 12 year old like that doesn't make any sense like she's obviously not an informant or anything she's like 12 so like yeah yeah um and she's obviously has to be a few years younger than Kali because Kali appears to be a little bit older and you know she seems to be closer to being like a teenager whereas Elle is obviously still a kid at that point so I get I'm not quite sure what they were going for there because they wanted to incorporate them into the show or have us root for them or do a backdoor pilot or a spinoff they didn't do the introduction correctly and they obviously realize that um but at the same time i think you know well having those characters be a big part of season five i don't think is realistic i think having them show up to help out with you know one of the battles or the final battle makes a lot of sense to me um just because i feel like they're gonna need all the help they can get and it would feel kind of weird if we didn't kind of get a follow-up on that you know what i mean like they're gonna need everything they can possibly get their hands on to help defeat vecna why wouldn't you, why wouldn't Elle go to them for help? You know, like you, they need all the telekinetic powers they can possibly, they can possibly get, you know? Yeah. And uh, another thing is, this is not really a question, but it's, it's something I want to see in season five. Like I want to see what Henry's full transformation into Vecna. Um, and we, we never, um, see that um we i mean we see him when he first gets into the up to, upside down and yeah he's burned but he still very much looks like himself um and not to you know jump the gun to spoil anything but um you know we're doing the chapter seven analysis and you know and and there is a lot written in that scene when you know after 11 you know he's falling through the lightning and stuff um, there's a lot more that they wrote in the script, description-wise, that we did not see. So I feel like maybe that's something they either found they could not do, uh, or, um, you know, being pushed for time, or they're like, you know, we'll just save that for season five and <clears throat> make that part of it. Because, um, you know, in episode nine, Vecna tells Eleven that, you know, Papa didn't make him like that. I mean, she did. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, you still look very much like a human. You were just burned when you first, when she first sent you down there. Um, you know, something has uh, gone on, obviously, uh, to make you look the way you look now. And so I don't know if it's because he's now connected to the hive mind and stuff. I just... I would really love to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would too. I mean, there's a big difference between what we see when he first winds up in there versus what we see in season five. You know, like the way it's in quote the present um, in 1986. And, 
you know, like I think the upside down as well, we've talked about this, that, you know, what we see in season one versus season four, you know, it's evolving. You know, there's a lot more vines. It's it's evolving as a place. And since we know Vecna is connected to that, you know, I'd love to see more about that transformation and how it kind of evolved to where it is now. Um, so I, I definitely would, would like to see that um, as well. And, you know, talking about the difference from script to, to screen, you know, something that, you know, we noticed when we were, we've been doing this script comparison is that there are some descriptions in the script that don't, you know, things that don't appear in the show. Like there's a line when, you know, the, the Hawkins crew is in the upside down and they're, you know, going towards where the, you know, the lightning is and everything, um, or they're making a break for the woods or whatever they're doing in the script. There's this line about, you know, there's this epic shot, you know, it's, it's the most epic shot we've ever done in the series. You can see all of Hawkins, you know, like in the upside down, but in the final version, we only see like the dried out lake and the woods, you know, and we're kind of a little bit, you know, in some downed power lines. We don't see the big epic shots. Um, and something I'm really curious about is, you know, was that stuff they just got into and, you know, they chose to spend their money elsewhere in terms of special effects? Or are they saving some, you know, they've said they're saving things for season five. So is part of like, is there stuff about the lore that we're going to learn that's, you know, they're like, oh, this would be a better shot or more, you know, something that's going to be more interesting for the audience if we move this to season five and kind of combine learning more about the lore with these big epic shots, you know? Because um, I think a big, you know, I think a big question I have coming out of season four is, you know, especially with us doing the script comparison is, okay, what what was, you know, we ran out of time, we, you know, we we chose to put the budget elsewhere, we had to put the budget elsewhere, and what is a deliberate storytelling choice, you know? Because I feel like a lot of this stuff falls in this gray area because there's so many unanswered questions. That's something I'm really excited to learn about season five is, okay, like, you know, what was just a budget thing and what was actually, you know, for a storytelling, we're going to move this to season five. So particularly with the upside down, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of, you know, learn more about it. And, you know, um, also like, is Dustin right? You know, has it always existed? You know, like, has yeah, it existed yeah. for a millennium? You know, like, what is the you know what what's the what's the truth there yeah um uh, same with me like whenever i think of you know that <clears throat> gorgeous shot of you know the i guess the upside down that henry first lands on um i mean to me it looks like it doesn't really look like um another dimension really it looks like another planet um and there's things, you know, that we've never seen before, like everything that's floating, like, like zero gravity almost. Um, yeah, there's, you know, some vines and obviously we see the Demogorgon. Um, but I mean, it looks like the surface of another planet. It doesn't really look like really uh, another uh, dimension in my mind. And, and also, you know, there's no spores in it at that point. So I do think it, it is fair to make the uh, assumption that you know a lot of what we see the upside down is because of uh henry uh but you know we won't really know that until we get to see it um but another thing you know i was you know the question i have like who's linda Hamil hamilton gonna be playing like 
Uh, I know that was a big thing that that people wanted to see uh, out of Stranger Things Day. But uh, I would love to know who she's playing. I feel like the obvious answer is military or government personnel. And really, um, you know, I feel like I hope I want I would hope she's like, um, you know, a protagonist, not an antagonist, because I feel like um, from a military and government uh, side, um, Dr. Owens withstanding, Eleven is going to need an ally um, from that side. Um, because we, I mean, it's pretty obvious, like, we know there's going to be a huge military presence in Hawkins in Season 5, and so I feel like Eleven really needs a true ally from that branch um, that is going to protect her at all costs from the human uh, villains uh, who may be after her so that they can help her get the job done. Yeah, I agree, and I also think that you know, having her be a protagonist instead of an antagonist would be much more interesting, you know? Because I feel like at this point, the show has kind of cornered the market on villains. You know, the first few seasons had some pretty compelling villains, and you and I have talked about how we don't find the villains in season four in terms of the the military guys that compelling. You know, they're pretty one-dimensional compared to, you know, kind of more complex villains like Brenner, Um, You know, Owens kind of rides that line between good guy and bad guy, which makes him very compelling. Um, And even, you know, on on the humans Hawkins side, you know, the guys of the Hawkins post, like they're cartoonish in season three, but they also represent a real reality for women in the workplace. So, you know, I I think those type of villains are much more compelling because they feel more more human, more real, more complex. Versus your kind of one-dimensional villains like, you know, the military guys in season four or the Russians in season three, you know, they feel very fake and one-dimensional. They don't really feel real. They feel more cartoonish, which, you know, when the rest of the show is still rooted in reality, kind of, you know, it doesn't really work. You know, it's still juxtaposed to, you know, you're either rooted in reality or you're not. And when everything else is rooted in reality and then you have these villains that just aren't, mm-hmm. it, it, it really it really stands out. You know, I've seen people comment lately on how it's really weird that like the scene where um, Robin and Steve are tortured by the Russians, like that scene is played for laughs, which is really weird because like they're terrified, they're bloody, and these guys have convinced, are like smart enough to build a Russian base, stupid enough to believe that people in sailor uniforms, like teenagers in sailor uniforms, are spies and not just kids that work at the mall. They build a lab, like a base under. You know that like that doesn't really, you know, make make any any sense. Um, and I think there's a handful of scenes throughout the show that are kind of totally confusing in that point. You know, people talk about you know the incident where. You know, Steve breaks Jonathan's camera. That's very tonally confusing. The Russia plot in season three, very tonally confusing. And I'd put also the stuff with Angela and also the stuff with like the military in season four under that umbrella as well, because it's just so cartoonish and kind of, you know, outside of reality. And then you get back to every all the other characters, especially the ones at Hawkins, and it's like it's so grounded in reality. 
Um, so I'm I'm hoping that for season five we're getting more of a return to what we saw in I'd say like seasons one and two, you know, with you know, kind of when we're talking about villains or we're talking about the interactions with the characters, good guys versus bad guys. Um, because I feel like season one and two was way more grounded in reality. Um right, like right. in an all-around sense. So I'm I'm really hoping we see a, a return to that. So do I. So speaking of season five, I mean, I know that because of the strikes, we have gotten very little other than the Linda Hamilton announcement and, um, you know, some the, the previous stuff and the the scene blocking stuff. And then uh, the episode title reveal last year and then the um, the line from um, the first scene of uh, season five episode one which is i mean more than you would think would have expected we we would get during a filming uh drought but um it's still you know nothing (laughs) comparatively um but having said that um what are your uh predictions for season five oh that's a good question um like, have they changed any, or you still Ooh. have, like, the same? I mean, I'd say most of them have stayed the same, because we haven't gotten a whole lot. Um, I I think the only thing that has changed for me is the fact that they cast Linda Hamilton. Like, I'm interested to know what her role is going to be. Um but I mean, I also feel like that bolstered, you know, some other kind of theories or predictions I had, you know, about, you know, them potentially bringing the love interest for Will or, you know, bringing in, you know, actors to play characters we've heard about but haven't seen on screen and kind of bolstering the cast that way. Um, and for all we know, Linda Hamilton could be a part of that. You know, she could be cast to play a character that we've heard about or that's been referenced that we haven't seen on screen yet. You know, I don't know who that would specifically be, but it's definitely a possibility. So I, I feel like I wasn't expecting her casting, but I am excited about it. And I don't, you know, so obviously have any theories about that. But I'd say everything else has kind of stayed the same and that I don't think we've gotten anything in particular that made me think, okay, like that particular theory that I had was wrong. Because I'm, you know, keeping an open mind, I think, um, you know, for what for what's coming. And I think you have to do that every season. Because even the snippet that we got, um, you know, from, uh, you know, the first time of the first episode, you know, darkness, the sound of cold wind, groaning trees, and a child's voice singing a familiar song. I mean, we've talked about that but that I mean that doesn't really it doesn't really prove or disprove you know any of the theories I already had you know so I I'd I'd say they'd stayed pretty much the same with the exception of you know was not expecting Linda Hamilton um I think that opened the door for them to cast new characters and kind of cements what I already already thought that you know you know people were taking what the Duffer Bros were saying as gospel you know saying you know their interview responses you know as you know fact Whereas if you actually watch those interviews, they're joking with the interviewer, they're playing around. Like, so I never took that. I took that with a grain of salt and I still do. Um, so I think because of that, most of my theories have kind of stayed the same or, you know, they've evolved a bit, but stayed pretty similar. I think until we get something more concrete that would 
change my mind or be like, okay, well, I thought this, but that can't be true. If, if this is true, that might change. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's kind of the only thing that's really changed for me. What about you? Uh, yeah, mine, mine have mostly um, kind of been consistent, uh, been the same. Um, I will say though, that after seeing the previs and the um, shot blocking um, things as of late has, um, uh, you know, kind of changed like some of my perspectives and kind of, you know, gotten me a little bit more excited for what's actually to come versus, you know, my, you know, what I think is to come, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, mine are, you know, basically the same. Um, I mean, right now I've, it's, I've got tunnel vision, which I think a lot of people do because we have virtually nothing to go on. Um, so I'm just looking down at the tunnel, just seeing nothing but war against the upside down right now. And, and, you know, yeah, some reveals, but I think seeing the, the scene snippet they released, you know, again, is uh, kind of opened up the tunnel a little bit to see that, you know, it's not just, you know, that gray area. It's, this is actually going to be black and white, like it always, you know, is, because like many people, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, kind of on both sides of the aisle here. On one hand, you know, I look, I, you know, wasn't expecting that to be, you know, the cold open or part of the cold open. Um, you know, I'm thinking, hey, this is going to open up literally where we left off because how the Duffer Brothers have talked about. But now seeing that, it's kind of like, no, it's not. It's They're going to do like they do every season. They're going to have a nice cold open um, that they will probably um, tie into everything. Usually they tie in their cold opens into usually the seventh episode, I've come to uh, realize. And well, we, we don't know that they're actually talking about Will in this scene. I mean, I assume that they are because you know, familiar song, but, you know, because we don't really see Will actually in the Upside Down, um, but what we have seen of the Upside Down, it's not really windy uh, down there, um, so this could be, I don't really know, uh, you know, some people have, you know, think it's from a scene, like a flashback scene to something we saw in season one, but I don't really recall ever seeing something like that. So I don't, I mean, again, this could be someone completely different uh, that they're, they're talking about here. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just, that scene is definitely giving me a lot more to, you know, speculate on. Um, yeah. And to that point, um, I hadn't thought about that until you said that, but yeah, I, I thought that the, um, that they were going to start, you know, right after they, they finished, um, you know, right after they, where they left off of season four. So you're right. That does mean that they're going to be, there's going to be a cold open and then we're going to presumably cut back or, you know, go backwards in time to, you know, that moment. Right. Um, and not that just you're saying that I'm like, yeah, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, we're not going to see those two days. We're not going to pick up where, you know, we're not going to go back to that. But now that I'm thinking about this and saying it out loud, you know, even if it is like, you know, we'll have a nightmare or flashback or something with Alice Creel or somebody else, you know, 
that means that they're going to cut, they have to cut back to the present, right? And, um, and I don't think we, you're right, we didn't see something exactly like that in season one. So I don't think it's like a full you know, flashback, something we've already seen. I agree with you there. Um, but I mean, they have to kind of, that kind of indicates there's going to be some kind of cold open and then a cut back to where we were. Um, one, because people were so critical of the fact that they skipped two days. Um, and two, like there's stuff that needs to happen right after like where it cut off that we need to see, right? If they skip over that, um, we're just, we're missing key stuff there. You know, we'd be skipping over the reunion between Hopper and everybody else. We'd be, you know, skipping over everybody coming together and sharing information, right? Which, which needs to happen. But that's really, that's a good point. Oh, I just had a thought. I wonder if, if maybe it's not a flashback or a dream, but you know how like sometimes the characters freeze up and they're having like, um, um, you know, like they're having like, a, like an in-moment like flashback or like, you know, we can see that like they're, or they can hear something or they're thinking something to do with what's happened in the past. I wonder if it could be something, like if that's what it is, you know what I mean? It's one of the characters having right, one of right. those moments. So we're not actually cutting away from the present. That character is cutting away from the present. But then when it cuts back, it's like, 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 are you okay? And then it, it goes into that. It could be something like that, which would enable them to stay in the present, but also go to the past. And they've done that in a lot uh, with characters before. So that that could be another option as well, which I had not thought of until until right now. True, true. But you know, it's one thing I really notice a uh, pattern when when I rewatch the seasons with their cold opens. They tend to like obviously introduce like the main plot of the season uh, or important you know part of the plot that they're going to come to later on in the season but they always seem to be like independent of uh interaction with our main characters you know like for example like season one the scientist you know we know is running from the demogorgon you know and the, it gets him and then after that we cut to the boys and then season two uh with callie and and her people um and then season three the russians trying to open the gate in russia and then season four, uh, Brenner and the what we know now is the massacre at Hawkins Lab. So it's it's always interesting to how they do their cold opens. So I don't really expect season fives to be really any different. Um, I think it'll it'll be something that they're gonna uh, that ties everything together towards the end of the season. But it'll you know be essential to the plot, and you know it'll have us thinking well. You know, usually they have us going like, what in the world is happening here? Why does, why are we starting the season like this? Um, and then, you know, it's part of their big reveal later on. So um, I'm kind of hoping it's, it's the same way, you know? That's a really good observation. I hadn't noticed that, but you're, you're right. I, I feel like some of them are more successful than others. Like the cold open season one works really well. The cold open in season two, I don't think works very well. Like I remember watching it and being like, being really confused, being like trying to figure out how the date and what we were seeing fit into everything else that's on the TV. And it comes up later, but it was like, to be honest, by the time that stuff came up later, I'd totally forgotten about it. So like, I don't think the cold open really worked 
in in season two. Um, and I feel like it worked better. You know, I didn't like the rush of plot in season three. I feel like it worked better in season three because you're like, okay, this is something to do with the gate. We at least understood what was happening. And so when yeah, they come yeah. back, and I think season four was kind of hit or miss. Like for me, I worked really well, but the friend I was watching with was like, kind of like, it was kind of confused by it. She's like, um, she's like, wait, is that Dustin? No, it's not. Okay, well, like when she sees the date, like I've got a good memory and like, um, for like keeping timeline straight in my head, right? But she doesn't have, she, you know, she, that's harder for her. So she's like, okay, but how long between this memory here and when we see season one? So like, if you're not, if you're not good at keeping track of that kind of thing, or your brain doesn't work that way, it like for some people it, it didn't jive for them because it required them to do like the math to figure out how long that had been. Like so. I know it jived for some people, but not for others. So um, I'll be interested to see yeah. what they what they do in season five. Um, yeah, and and I agree with that. Like, um, to me, it doesn't really have much to do with you know the the child murders as much as it has to do with. In hindsight, I wish that they would have used something with the Krill family as the cold open. I feel like that would have been um you know much better because that's the real big reveal in episode seven is you know henry kill this kid you know he's the one that's behind all this and then he goes and murders everyone like that to me is the big the big cat's meow if you will of season season four um not necessarily um you know the massacre in my opinion I think that they, the only reason they did that, the cold open, that cold open that way was they wanted to show us, um, you know, the day that Martin Brenner, uh, you know, changed as a man and as a scientist, because I think, um, you know, um, in a way, Sullivan was right that Brenner was training in 11 up to be a killer, um, because after that happens, I mean, that we see it in season one that's what he's doing but not to kill you know remote assassinations of other people it's to find henry and kill him because i think brenner obviously knew you know what this guy's capable of and you know i gotta find it and take care of it before it gets out of hand and we know that backfired on him real quick um but yeah i mean to me i would have loved to have seen the real family so with the krill family um uh, is the cold open yeah i agree and the trailers kind of indicated that so i was surprised yeah. that yeah. time with them and i know robin from coffee and contemplation has talked about this but you know and she brought up some really you know good points we've had her on that you know the the misdirect of them trying to make us think that l killed those kids really doesn't work on rewatch because it's supposed to be this big surprise to her, but if she's having flashbacks earlier on, that doesn't really work. And I know. Like it, it was all the misdirect from the Creel family, but since we already knew for the trailer something was up with the Creel family, I think focusing on them or maybe cutting off the cold open sooner, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. having a cold open to maybe one of the other episodes be with the Creel family. I think 
would have worked or maybe made more sense. Because, yeah, it doesn't really work as a Mr. Like, it works the misdirect on first watch. But only if you really believe that Elle killed those kids. And I, I never... I never did. And I think most people, not most people, but, you know, people kind of split on that, you know, some people thought it was possible, others didn't. So I, I feel like depending on where you came down on that, that kind of determined whether the misdirect worked on you. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of things in season four that work the first time around as a misdirect or like shock value. But once you know what's going to happen, you rewatch, it doesn't it doesn't quite work once that element is gone. Yeah. Which I think it's different from the other seasons where even on rewatch, it's constructed differently. So it does work on rewatch for the most part because it's got more to do with your expectations and what we learn and don't learn versus I feel like this was more based on pure misdirection and shock value. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I, I yeah. agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah me, me too um like prior to season four um whenever I thought about the other lab subjects you know I used to think that uh Brenner had ordered Eleven to kill them off uh once he realized that you know she was the best and he could actually work with her more than the others um <clears throat> I did think that but I mean obviously that's not the case but, like, you know, forget for a moment that you've seen season four. Like, if you were to watch that scene right now for the first time, uh, like right now, if you look close enough at the the bodies in that scene, then you'll know, like, based on what we've seen, how her, she has killed thus far in the show, that's not her style. I mean, I, I don't want to be morbid there, but that's not her style because we see, you know, their, their limbs and stuff are twisted and and that's not her style, right? So, you know, if you picked up on that, then you would know, okay, there's no way that, you know, she did this, you know? Agreed. Yeah, so um, you want to talk about anything else? Because that's, that's not all I have. Um, to really talk about right now <laughs> what else is there to talk about um i guess to wrap up stranger things day uh, we got some cool behind the scenes photos um so that's always nice um i know i'm looking forward to you know the behind the scenes and the blooper reels we're going to get for season five um because i always look forward to those um and also all of our, uh, you know, Fortnite and Dead by Daylight players out there. Um, I know everyone's very excited about, you know, the fact that the Demogorgon and Alan Hopper are going to be in Fortnite and Nancy and Steve are back in Dead by Daylight, um, which I know people are very excited about. Um, I personally am not a player of other one of those games, but I do know people that that do. We're very excited. Um, uh, so, hooray for that. You know, I know that was a big thing. Yeah. There wasn't a, a ton of stuff they shared with us for Stranger Things Day, but there was a, a lot of stuff for gamers. So, you know, take your wins uh, where you can where you can get them. And um, I'll be interested to see if they update that stuff once season five releases or we in the start of season five or maybe in between the volumes, if we're doing two volumes again. 
because I know we talked about them alive. Um, you know, L has, you know, in Fortnite, her, the L, you know, character has the appearance from season uh, three, but Hopper appears to be from season one or two. And then if you look at Dead by Daylight, Nancy and Steve are in like season one costumes and they, you know, Steve has the option for the Scoops Ahoy outfit from season three, um, but there's no, you know, there's no season four. Um, so they're not, you know, and then we seem to be missing some stuff from season uh, two potentially. So, you know, I, I know people, you know, were expecting, I think at one point that there was going to be packs and maps from um, each season that didn't wind up happening. So I'd, you know, which I, I feel like is, you know, they're losing out on money by not doing that. Um, so I'll be interested to see if they, if they release, you know, um, you know, upgrades or packs that include, you know, stuff from each of the seasons. I feel like they'd be, they'd be foolish not to. So yeah. I know fans are are hopeful and looking forward to that. Um, so, you know, we're, we're crossing our fingers for all of our, our gamer fans out there um, for, for those things to happen. Yes. Yes. And I assume that for season five, they will release it in two parts like they did for season four, because that just, you know, seems to be the trend that Netflix is doing these days. And, you know, it's the final season. I wouldn't hate it, to be honest with you, because that just means we get, even that much more time before you know it is officially the end so i think you know we're gonna call it a day on uh this emergency um sag strike ending episode podcast um as always we thank you guys for joining around i hope you had um fun time listening to uh a share just that you know whatever we wanted to share about tonight we usually again you know this is all unscripted and so i hope uh uh, you enjoyed it um so i think until next time uh, that's going to do it for us but again uh make sure you're following us on the socials so you can keep up with our show and stranger things uh because again we we're going to keep you guys updated on uh, filming updates uh as they are received so uh, I think that's that's going to do it for us. Jasmine, any last-minute thoughts? Uh, no, I just want to wish everybody a happy Stranger Things Day. And we are so excited the strike is over. And yes. we will be bringing you guys um, lots of new content as you know things emerge about filming and you know um everything you know that the the crew is doing you know for you know set design and all that you know as stuff comes out we will be bringing you those updates so uh stay tuned for that yep and uh that is that's gonna do it for us folks uh we'll see you next time bye and that's our show if you like what you heard today be sure to subscribe and tell your friends our theme music is provided by neon knights and our sound editing is provided by ashton cooper Thank you for listening to this episode of Ham Radio, a Stranger Things podcast. Please join us next time. Same dial, same time. Over Over and out. out.